0: Hello everyone, this is Kathak Kachakkar. My name is Pramit and this place is designed to be a central platform to bring conversations with Kathakars across the globe. Today, I have with me Meher Kriti Nigam. Meher is a Kathak artist and a final year student of engineering who studies electronics and communication with a specialization in the biomedical field. Apart from her technical education, she's also attended two diplomas in Kathak and Hindustani vocals. She's fortunate enough to get trained under Srimati Leela Malakar of Jaipur Gharana and Guru Pandit Divyaang Vakilji. Her journey with Kathak began when she was just three years old. Over the years, she's performed in various events across the country, from the Indiewood Film Festival in Hyderabad to performing for MNCs like NIT Technologies. She's also won a number of competitions at both school and college level. The world has been nice to her, and in the past two years, she's gotten the opportunity to hold fundraising dance workshop for NGOs. She's also been a dance instructor at various NGOs and taught their children for free. She wishes to pursue arts and cultural management for her master's with the world she believes art, technology, and commerce are no longer separate fields, and that we can advance so much by gaining knowledge in all fields and create masterpieces. Meher, how are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: Uh, yeah, doing well. I just finished my talvidya class, and yeah, getting ready for this, so it's been going to be fun. So, Meher, for you, I guess, let, let's start, uh, well, recently you started working with Spik McKay, so could you tell us what that what that is like?
1: Around a month and a half or probably two months back, uh, there was this one poster that said volunteer with us uh, from Make. Eh? and I messaged them. They were kind enough to let me in and have me as a part of their team. And I'm working with, uh, I earlier got introduced in one of the segments that support the artists, wherein they they support the mostly uh, folk artists and uh, artisans. Uh, they ask for their work in digital form, that is a video, or Photos, okay. uh, because for uh, artisans it's mostly photos, and they mm-hmm. put it up on their online platforms and support their work and also support them financially. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I joined, they had completed around two hundred artists, but um, in the past one and a half months, it's close to four fifty or four fifty, I guess. Okay. Yes. So the team is not very big actually, mm-hmm. and. So I am in uh, I'm in the artist coordinator team and I sometimes mm-hmm. work with content and media as well. But, but, and there are not a lot of people who are doing the work, but somehow it's very swift. Everybody mm-hmm. has put up a lot of effort in there. So yes, that's the thing. And because McKay is a brand, everybody knows what McKay is. So it's easier, I guess, for the organization also to reach out to artists. Right. And the other thing that uh, I am into is Cinema Classics. That's another segment of Big Macay, where they uh, host film screenings and they call upon institutions, school or college-level institutions. And so I just had one yesterday where I was the moderator. There were around 10 institutions. One of them was obviously the host institution, and we saw Porpa, the cup, that's a uh, that's a movie that got um, na- nominated for Academy Awards. It okay. Brilliant movie. Everybody should watch it. I mean, mm-hmm. I was a fan. What's the name again? Okay. Th- in English, it's The Cup.
0: Oh, okay. Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, and we then had a discussion with uh, Professor Prabhut He mm-hmm. He's a visual artist and a poet. And he also taught film and philosophy in the uh, guy's school. He has a lot of experience.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: so the basically uh, they screen a film and in the end they have a question answer round which mm-hmm. was 50 minutes and I extended the time because I had so many questions
2: mm.
1: uh, e- even though I was a moderator and I had to uh, uh, encourage students to ask him but I had my questions as well that's fair uh, so, right. yeah that's that's fair
0: yeah okay I mean yeah great it's really good that you're getting involved you're involved in the community that way and yeah we last episode we, got, we had Gauri Dibakarthi talking about her experiences as Pikmakayi going around the country kind of doing dances there's wow. like three there's the if you if you look it up on YouTube there's like she's doing classes and it's up on youtube like three hours three hours worth of classes and multiple yeah. parts so it's been fun to see how that helps as well and when we were when i was in school Spik was still coming there and you know it's been there and around for a while yeah. they're doing definitely good, doing good work my uh,
1: guru is also um lena mom also uh-huh. takes classes with Spik so i think she's been taking around four or five she's been taking classes since around four or five years Mm -hmm. so yeah she used to go to very small places and have workshops with them and she seemed very happy about it so I'm sure it's a great experience
0: yeah I'm sure it's pretty fulfilling I mean the challenges for it of course because when you're going to a school and you know they Uh, may not want to do the class in the first place or they're forced to it so there are lots of interesting dynamics there for sure that's
1: the thing about students yeah the organized the school might be as it'd be be like yes we should have this um this event but then Mm -hmm. the students get encouraged is another thing
0: Hmm. actually that would be a good jumping off point because you mentioned your bio that you kind of gone around and taught children in NGOs so what's that Uh, experience like for you
1: uh it was different with different NGOs okay so in the first one I had students from I think class 7 to class eleven.
0: Oh, oh! Uh, or at least class ten. So middle yeah. school and high school.
1: Yeah, teenagers. Oh, I
0: see. <laughs> How, what was? Tell me yeah. about that.
1: Uh and they had both girls and boys. So um, and so therefore I was uh, not teaching Kathak or even semi classical. I was mm-hmm. teaching freestyle. Right. And um, I'm not a freestyle dancer myself. I think mm-hmm. because I had to learn the choreos myself first. Like I can think of it because there's so much of content today that obviously you're watching every form of uh, dancing. Mm-hmm. But even then I could think and then I had to practice myself and then teach them. Okay. The thing was that this was all in an online mode.
2: Mm-hmm. so
1: There were there was a batch of I think 40 to 45 students mm-hmm. and I had to ask them to turn on their cameras and I had to encourage them into dancing. I had to do a little chit chat so that they would be comfortable with me because uh, so I was a part of Project NISA mm-hmm. and they focus on teaching uh, dancing to NGOs
2: specifically. Okay.
1: So, yeah. So I, the thing is that the students sometimes they, their NGO has decided that they're going to have dance classes. Mm. But it's not really up to them. So even, I have to try uh, that they get encouraged in attending the classes wholeheartedly and not just for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. So, that was quite a challenge. And then with my second NGO, that mm-hmm. was based in Bangalore. uh was the name, yes. Uh, that was based in Bangalore. Mm-hmm. And uh, over there, the problem was that the girls were very interested in learning.
2: But... They were shy,
1: but they were interested. But the thing was that they did not know Hindi or English that well. I only know Hindi and English. Oh. And a bit of French, but definitely I don't know Kannada at all. Okay, So... Yeah, there used to be a teacher who would help us out, um, translate with what I was saying mm. to them, and then translate their doubts to me. Okay. But uh, that was fun because I was teaching them semi classical, and then I also taught them a bit of Kathak, very mm-hmm. little. Because mm-hmm. uh, those girls were uh, seven years, I think, was the minimum, and the max was 14 or 13 years. Mm. So, yeah, just the beginning of their teens. Mm-hmm. So. That was that was a different experience, and the girls were like, "Oh, like Akka. <laughs> I used to be so happy. Um, and in the end, we used to do this exercise that I learned from oh, my experience in theater and education from NSD, was right. that uh, I used to make them uh, give expressions, so like mm-hmm. saying laugh, so everybody has to laugh. I and see.
2: Would, and
1: then I say, go sad. Everybody is sad. Mm-hmm. Then cry, cry. And angry, angry. So all of that. That I think
0: helped me in developing the bond with students. Hmm. Yeah, that seems interesting in the sense, like you're two different demographics to deal with and how you dealt with each thing separately. So thank you for and explaining that really helped. So my the next thing I want to go into is like the dance club, cause so background that you run, you know, you're part of a Katha club in VIT. So I guess, could you just tell us a little bit about how that started?
1: Um, that started in 2008. Mm-hmm. in 2019, I guess, um, in my second year, probably.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I, in my first year, I went for IndieWood Film Festival
2: mm-hmm. and
1: that was a very good opportunity because uh, that particular event was open for everybody and not just for the dance club. Mm-hmm. So even while I was not a part of DC, yeah. uh, I could participate. And the thing is that VIT has this rule, and that in the first semester of your engineering or whatever course you pick up, you are not allowed to be a part of any club.
2: That's new. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah that's that's um, and that was just hard thing, yes. But I now that I look, I think that's fine because with so many different things going on, your credit system—you have to understand F.F.P. that credit system—you have to understand your. New subjects, although they mm. do have physics, chemistry, math kind of things, so first semester students that way is okay, but still, um, then the, 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 the relationship that you have with professors is different from the way you have with teachers back in, mm. especially till class 12. For sure, over there, that was more of a personal thing, over here, it's, it's like the teacher is doing their, their job, you're doing your job, that's it. Mm. Um, so, with so many quizzes, assignments, everything. Okay, I understand. And the new city, of course. A new environment. For oh, sure. So, yeah. I can understand why they put this. But then I was very sad because I had to just be uh, my hostel and my class. And all the classes were, uh, were taking place in the same room. Mm. It was so annoying. I, I was like, how can I sit here? This is not school. Whatever image I had for college was like, you'll be roaming around for different classes. And that is what actually happens. Yeah. But in the first semester they made our timetable and they put every class in the same room mm. It was very sad I was like what am I doing this is not what I wanted so yeah mm. so indiewood was a very good thing for me mm. um, Before that I wanted to come back <laughs> and uh, through indiewood we uh, I got to know my seniors so we kind of developed a bond and the next uh, semester in the, in the second year we Somehow this idea came up that uh, let's have a Kathak team. That, that was not my idea, honestly. Um, but I think that happened for my good. Because uh, while I was happy learning new dance forms, mm-hmm. um, the soul wants what the soul wants. And the body wants what, like, I've been training since I was three and a half. Yeah. This, this is the way my body moves. If you put mm-hmm. free music, I'm probably doing a Kathak and probably using Kathak's body language. Hmm. So then, uh, with the seniors, this idea just came across, and well, I had to form a team. I had six people initially, mm-hmm. out of which two were Bharnatyam dancers,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and obviously, every all of uh, two were Bharnatyam dancers. One of them was an uh, Odissi dancer,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: the rest of us also had very different style of Katha, so we had to put everything together. And then slowly, from a team of six. 20. We had a first performance at WDD, that's the World Dance Day. We have it in the foodies. Uh That was quite good. Like, I remember after the performance ended, there were two girls who came and I was like, oh, we're so happy that the Kathak team has started. We also want to join. I was like, oh my God, hmm. happiest moment. <laughs> then the team obviously um, grew from six to now I think it's 20, 21, 21.
0: You have 21 people in a Kathak dance team in university?
1: Yeah, and yeah. you know, uh, so the DC has this thing where we have alpha teams and beta teams. The beta teams are ones who do not go for competition, oh. but uh, they get to learn and perform okay. in the smaller events. And we have a beta team of I think, I think eighteen. Yes, so like yay. I see. There, there are so many people. This is what I've learned. Um, there are so many people who want to perform Kathak. and mm. uh probably because uh it's. This is my personal opinion, but I feel Kathak way, the style is, um, I'm not saying with all the padhans and everything, but the way the body flows. Mm-hmm. I think it comes um, naturally to a lot of people. That is why a lot of semi-classical that you see on Instagram these days, mm-hmm. um, if they get trained in Kathak, I think they can do fine. I am not talking about the theoretical aspects, but okay. the way, the dances okay so there were a lot of kids who wanted to join the Katha team and um, and and not just uh, girls there were there were i think we auditioned three or four boys as well like oh. we selected them but other teams also selected them so they picked them Makes <laughs> sense. Uh, a little sad for us yeah um but um, yeah that's what I'm, that's what i'm saying they do not have the proper training hmm. and and it's a little sad that not everybody gets that training. That's the proper sport training, right?
2: Mm. Because
1: uh, in order to understand any particular art form, you need to know basics. You cannot just jump into one day of having a tatkar and the other day of having mm-hmm. some fusion dance form. Of course, you can perform fusion kathak as well and everything is good. Right. But uh, you need to know something before you jump on to the next thing. And that's mm. uh, I mean, I found myself as somebody who's very blessed with the kind of teachers I've had. Hmm. They were very strict, but, uh, yeah, they were also, they taught me well, I feel. Um, so that's what I'm saying. A lot of kids uh, wanted to join the Katha team. And then, yeah, happened.
0: <laughs> I see. Uh so yeah, and there's a lot of things to explore here, Meher, I guess. So when you're kind of picking people for a katha club, um, what kind of expectations do you have from the team members? Is it like a, a kind of training them from scratch? You're taking intermediate, advanced students, or what's it like for the club? Because it's different from an academy, because your different objectives and things yeah. so like that. Yeah. So the
1: thing is that um, what we did and all. So there, there are two rounds in the. Uh, this thing and the DC auditions. Mm-hmm. So the first one is when they perform for a minute mm-hmm. and they send their videos because now this time it was online
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and that's their choreography and everything and what we did was we just looked for the body language throughout. Like if I feel that the person can perform, I picked them for the second round. Mm. And then after that, in the second round, we had a screening of around. Uh, the screening is where we teach them. Mm-hmm. And then they learn the choreos at that moment itself. And they have to perform it. So that we had. Oh, in that, I uh, I had a Tatkar And then oh, we had one part. Uh, mm-hmm. There was one section of... so. Um, that was one section from the wdd choreo that's the world dance de choreo that was also uh, that was kathak fusion but it was on proper uh, Parhan, so it had a lot of kathak goals in it mm. that was there and then there was one choreography that was uh, more focused on bhav and um, kind of uh, can be called or, or semi classical as well mm. and yeah, the thing was that I we were continuously looking for body language only. I mean, mm. even if there's a student, so that is is, if you want to learn it quick, that is just tapping of your feet. It's nothing right. more to that. In
2: mm-hmm.
1: advanced level, there is, but the basics are that. So if mm. you teach them a Tihai, a basic Tihai, and they're able to pick it up, they are capable of picking up for the result.
2: okay.
1: That was one thing. And then the, the way their angles are, um, especially in this uh, um, semester, because all of this is online. So mm-hmm. explaining our dancers, the angle will get very difficult if they do not have any idea at all.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So we had that thing. Um, and, yeah, expressions. But I was not very concerned with whether or not they have their formal training in mm-hmm. Um, Even if they have learned it for just two or three years, uh, and they're very good in um, in learning newer thing, new things quickly. Right. So I was like, yeah, I can come. And for the Beta team, we had this thing where um, we just uh, we were very basic. So it, because there were a lot of bharatnatyam dancers who wanted to learn kathak, mm-hmm. just the way I am. I I started learning Odissi from my friend because mm-hmm. I was like so interested in it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, even a slight bit of understanding was there, we just
2: took that.
0: Understood. Yeah, I mean, it's very interesting that you're building all this club and you're kind of working with what you have. So now that when people get into your uh, club, how do you kind of divide your... Uh, I guess first thing I want to know is like, since you have people coming on between different styles and things like that, and they're going to be... There's no necessarily one style, right? So how do you sit with your dancers and come up with a uniform structure for choreography or what movements to do and what to teach and what not to teach?
1: Oh. So, uh, this has been good for me. Raviyat has been good for me in that sense because there are dancers from different gharanas, Mm -hmm. uh, the ones who are uh, really trained and very, very well-formed dancers. Yeah. So, with them, if I have this thing, if I, even if I do not uh, know their style personally, Mm -hmm. but I find them very good. Right. If they have the lead in choreography, I will be learning their style.
2: Oh, okay. Mostly
1: it's, Mostly it's them learning my style because um, I'm the team head. So yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a bit of dictatorship in there. <laughs> but um, but yeah, if, for example, if there's a girl and she's from Lucknow, Karana and mm-hmm. it is her department for the particular section of the song that it, she's going to make a choreography. Okay. Then I learn her style. And okay. because of this, I've kind of learned new steps mm-hmm. uh, which were not really the ones I did. Okay. And I think that was very beneficial because in today's time, uh, it's very important to know your dharana, but mm-hmm. it's also important to kind of have your body, uh, make, make your body comfortable in other dharanas and their steps as well. Okay. That was, that was very nice. And the other thing, yeah, that's the only thing I look into.
2: Look
0: mm-hmm. Understood. So, yeah. That uh, so, from what I understand, you're kind of open to kind of absorbing other styles and you decide who takes the lead and you kind of stick to that. Yeah. So, man, I guess one the next thing I wanted to know is how do you design choreographies in the VIT dance club in the sense like you know there's a competition coming up or there's something you want to prepare from? So, knowing the rule, I guess, yes, could you walk us through an example of like say you prepare for this competition, these were the rules, or this was you know, the audience and like how you design the choreography, who you pick together. Just want to be very really curious about that process.
1: Uh, that depends a lot about what the competition is. So if, yeah. for example, if there's this competition that, um, that has a separate category for Western and classical, mm-hmm. then that means the the person who's going to come for the classical, the person who's going to be the judge for the classical one is going to be a classical artist themselves. Hmm. So we also need to remember that we are classical dancers and mm-hmm. that we cannot fool him or her. <laughs> so our, our choreography is very um, shuddh,
2: very
1: yeah. pure. It's, okay. it's, a lot, it's a lot, having a lot of uh, classical segment to it. Mm-hmm. But I feel that every time there's a choreography, even if it's a tarana, mm-hmm. uh, bhao plays a lot of role. Okay. Especially if it's for some competition. If it's for some competition, it has to be swift. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it has to have a lot of energy. Right. And uh, also have a balance between that and how sec- uh, segment okay.
2: of it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. The other thing, for, and for things like a college performance, that's yeah. like World Dance Day or Rivera performance, we have kind of picked up songs that were also from Bollywood mm-hmm. that were Kathak Fusions, Bollywood majorly yeah. songs that people have heard yeah and when I say Bollywood I think today Bollywood is not one genre right I mean we have so much so many songs so many different kinds of styles going on in there uh, mm-hmm. itself like Ghar More although people have heard a lot of times but uh, it can still be considered as semi-classical and it's a beautiful song and then we had this amazing uh, web series, Bandish Bandits, and their songs were just brilliant. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. And then uh, the, uh, the thing is that we want songs that people have heard before so that
2: mm. they,
1: want, they don't get bored they don't, mm. or they don't feel like, oh, what is happening?
2: Because mm. you also
1: have to respect the audience that's coming. Right. For example, and it's different for WDD and Rivera as well because WDD happens in kind of an op- open space, but it's the crowd is not very large. Mm-hmm. With Rivera, we are performing on the same stage. That's the pro show stage we call where Ayushman Purana and Sonu Nigam perform. That's and could you could and, you
0: tell everyone what Rivera is? So,
1: Rivera is uh, the college festival, the cultural and sports college festival of VIT. VIT mm-hmm. University, and this is what I've been told that it's the third largest college festival in India. Okay. Yeah, that's that, that's what goes inside VIT. Okay. Um, and I respect that because we work hard for it.
0: Yeah, for sure. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, and so uh, uh the Rivera stage—that's the pro show stage—is where we have all the concerts. Um, celebrities come and perform there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh. Like just as I said, Sonu Nigam and uh, Ayushman Purana and Shreya Ghoshal. So, okay. celebrities perform there. Zakir yeah. Khan gave his, um, his comedy show on the Rivera Pro Show stage. Oh, such a big artist. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and there's this huge crowd. Hmm. Um, proper, It's like a proper concert. Pro shows, uh, pro shows are proper concerts. And that is where we also have the VIT dance club performances. That is all the same, uh, seven teams, mm-hmm. uh, the Alpha ones perform there. And they have for around five to seven minutes each for mm. each team. And this is, the, this is a dream stage for all of us because we get such a big crowd and it's the professional thing. Everything is, we have um, stage rehearsals and everything. Beautiful. And it's very large so but the thing is that if, when you have an audience like that you want them to be engaged in what you're performing and mm-hmm. for that you need music that they've heard before
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that has a lot of energy so yeah we used we picked up songs from uh albums like joda and things like that
0: mm-hmm. understood and yeah thanks for giving that background now In addition to song selection, have you found there's a certain, there's certain aspects of Kathak the crowd enjoys more than the others when it comes to when you're performing for say a college crowd per se, what do you, what what have you found works versus what you like and everything? Just very curious about that.
1: I think every Kathak dancer will agree to this, that uh, people who do not have a lot of uh, knowledge or experience in Kathak, Mm -hmm. just are fans of spins and the chakras. Mm. I mean yes they're beautiful but we have a lot of other things as well mm. but yeah the audience loves that the general audience loves Chuckers and Speed mm-hmm. and all those things and, uh, um, Trappadhan got hit I feel because it has a lot of um, energy to itself mm.
2: and Traparant
1: is a music I really respect it's like I get uh, goosebumps every time I listen to it mm-hmm. yeah That. that's that's the kind of thing audiences like and yeah because we're talking about competitions as well whenever mm-hmm. it's a competition of uh, where there's no soul, a Western or classical category mm-hmm. I try to keep uh, the choreography is very mainstream and uh, mm-hmm. not just me every other dancer
2: mm-hmm. keep right. the
1: choreography very mainstream
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, because uh, if the judge is not a classical artist themselves they're not so experienced in this domain
2: that makes
0: sense. and that's
1: when um, that's when we can take advantage.
0: I see. Uh, yeah. Okay. And since you talked about performing all across the country or having multiple performances, could you tell us a little bit about like where you've performed and if you have any anecdotes to share from there when you've been going across outside college to perform and represent VIT as well? Um, so I performed in Jhapa. That was
1: in that's in Pondicherry. Okay. Um, that was an odd. Or- the, there's a difference when you get a stage that's like a concert stage and when you get an auditorium performance to do mm. uh, for for particular competition so the auditorium is because it's a closed space right um, i feel the people sitting in the audience are, are more connected to you
2: and okay. because
1: performing arts is a lot about give and take of energy hmm i mean tell me yeah, about that because that's, I think a lot of dancers will say this and theater artists as well and musicians as well.
2: Mm-hmm. They
1: love performing on stage because of this energy.
2: Mm-hmm. Every
1: time they give some and there's a clap, it's just so encouraging. I see. So in in an auditorium, because it's a closed space, the audience is more engaged in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I find that better, honestly. Um. And the other places I've performed were, oh wow, I've al- always performed in a tour space only. I've performed in uh, Mood Indigo. Mm-hmm. That was not a, a dance performance. That was for theater. We did mime. Okay. Um, mime, mime is a form of theater where, mm, where we uh, usually perform on music. Mm-hmm. And I feel that because uh, if you're a dancer, you have kind of an advantage in mind.
2: That's mm-hmm. what I felt. Okay.
1: Because there's a lot of exaggeration of expression. Mm. Yeah. And then I performed in uh, Bangalore, Mm -hmm. uh, Christ University. Mm. I think if the audience understands classical, uh, the dancer feels more comfortable.
0: That's fair. That's fair. And I guess coming to the next thing, um, would be a good time to touch upon your training and background and gurus and stuff like that you talked about like your experiences performing and everything um so you, uh, you you mentioned that you got on stage or you started dancing at the age of three and three and a half how did that happen how did that even start
1: oh because i watched a lot of television no so my mm. mother was so worried oh. i came back from my play school and i asked her about some series um um i think you'll mm-hmm. i asked some about some character that's why my mom realized she needs to do something apart from going to play school i see and they put me in a dance class mm-hmm. uh, and i was i was three and a half and the other girls were all like 16 17 or in college going oh,
2: on. wow okay.
1: the tiniest. and uh, when we, we did a particular sum and the hand used to hit me <laughs> because it's so small uh. <laughs> uh, yeah and then um I don't remember a time when I was not into hmm. dancing. Okay. I thought it's
0: early. Yeah. Uh-huh. What's your, I'm very curious. What's your earliest memory of being on stage? Like my earliest memory of childhood is at the age of four when I'm going down the slide. But I just wanted to know what uh, your earliest memory is. like. Um. Yeah. The one I told you
1: about not getting hit. Oh, hit that by That's one sound. very prominent. Very, by makes some sense. That's very prominent in the dance. I still remember uh, it. Yeah, hmm. um, you saying? And, uh, yeah. And the other stage memories, I, this is when I was five years old. Um, I have a very glimpse of uh, what it was. Okay. So I had a performance and my family uh, uh, believes in Meher Baba, Aftar Meher Baba. Mm-hmm. And we take him as Aftar, uh, mm-hmm. as God. Mm-hmm. And there's this Amartati that happens in Mehrabad that's in Ahmednagar every year on 30th and 31st of January. And uh, so that is when people go to the Samadhi and there's also a very beautiful and very grand scale uh, cultural fest that's going on there, on the stage. Um, There uh, there are plays, there are uh, magic shows, uh, there are dance performances, Mm -hmm. bhajans, everything. And this was when I was five years old and the crowd is huge
2: Mm. because
1: it's a spiritual uh, place and a spiritual kind of an event. Crowd is really huge. I have this memory when I was dancing, and so there was a point when I had to have the sum, Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: I've come before the sum. Now I'm putting my second leg leg on the sum to just tell the audience I know where the music is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the earliest
0: memory.
1: Mm -hmm. I've always danced.
0: Awesome. That's really cool that you always dance and like, that's kind of how you started. So what, and could you tell us a little bit about like your Kathak training and background, who you trained with and what was that like learning with them?
1: I was, uh, I am still training uh, with uh, shrimati Leena Malakarji, mm-hmm. She's a Kathak artist and she learned from Guru uh, Nanani Singh Ji.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And this is Jaipur Gharana. Okay. And I have been learning from her since a very long time. mm mm-hmm she has been very supportive and very critical of my movements. And she is the only person who has corrected me so much, I feel. Because um, I feel that she is a perfectionist. Mm. So she won't have peace uh, unless I am having every movement correctly. And I still go to the dance class and still get scolded. Mm. I think this will happen forever and ever. Um, Yeah, so she has taught me Jaipur Karana. I, before uh, I joined Lena Mam's class, I was uh, learning Lucknow Garana from Anil Sir. Mm-hmm. But he had to relocate. And uh, so mm. that's why then... Uh, I, the, how I got to know about Lena Mam is... Um, in my school, uh, we had our dance teacher, Nupur Lalji Nupur mm. mm. And she is the daughter of uh, Pandit Durga Lalji. Okay. And so my parents asked her she could teach me and that is why she said that she is not currently um, a teacher so I but I should go and visit Lina Mam's class She was a mm. senior to Lina Mam I see yeah I think that's the best decision that has ever happened you know I changed the way I dance and she can mm-hmm. change anybody if I can dance a in a good way I think anybody can because I had everything going on wrong with the way I danced. my I used to have my hands my hand postures were all incorrect. Mm. I was not very good with Tal so, she is very hardworking I would say
0: it's <laughs> <laughs> amazing so and like I want uh, very curious about this. Uh, like, were you in terms of doing riyas, Were you always motivated to do riyas or how did your t- uh, how did Lina Ji kind of encourage you when you were kind of falling behind, if you were falling behind, or if you weren't interested certain times? So, how does she do that for her students?
1: Oh, uh, okay. So I remember so many cases, but because my father is an artist, mm. and um, because my father is an artist, uh, uh there are a lot of close people in our fam- in our lives who are also artists
2: mm-hmm.
1: and every artist will tell you to practice mm. i have this big mirror in my room as well my mm. parents are super supportive when it comes to art nice, yeah. yeah but and i was i don't know if i practiced much or not but mm-hmm. um, i used to be regular in my dance class Okay. but now i'm used to school a lot in the beginning were mm. okay. so many things that were going indirectly mm-hmm.
2: yeah. so
1: i remember every day at our classes began at four thirty. Every mm-hmm. day, four fifty, I used to have a stomachache.
0: I, I can't
1: go today. I have the stomachache. It's so difficult. mama, how will I go? And there was a time yeah. when mom, my mom said that either you go today or you're not going ever. So mm. this, this is the end. I I can't do this every yeah. other day where you are just like, yeah, today I have a stomachache. That mm-hmm. was that is that is how that is how much I was terrified of Lina Mama was mm-hmm. holding, but. She used to say that like, practice for half an hour a day, but practice okay. regularly.
2: Hmm. And
1: with time, I realized what she was saying. And okay. when I stopped, uh, when the hours and all stopped uh, in class 11 and 12 because the studies were so much, I had my coaching classes going on. of took TCM, yeah. preparing for engineering entrance exams, 10th mm-hmm. um, mathematics, and 11th mathematics are completely different it's like, I feel that till class 10, they just fool us. I mean, you get full marks in every subject. I was a very good student. So I had a lot of enthusiasm Ki I also do very well in PCM in mean, class mm-hmm. 11. And then just t- shattered. And that led me to studying a lot more. And my RIAs then literally came, out, came down to zero.
2: Mm-hmm. That is when
1: I also figured out that I enjoy my RIAs. That mm-hmm. this is not something I've been doing just because my teacher is forcing me into it or just because my parents tell me that I should be practicing. Okay. 11 and 12 is when I, uh, because I was so separated from Kathak, mm-hmm. I wasn't separated. I was still um, giving one or two performances that I could get that right. time, But okay. it was, the riyaz was not happening and riyaz mm-hmm. for, uh, when you do riyaz for yourself, when you do not have an aim ahead, that is like you do not, do not have this thing that I have a performance or I have to make some video or something. Yeah. Just doing VRs for the sake of doing VRs. That, mm. that is a different experience. And I miss that. So I realized that it's serious. I have to, you know, get back to
2: it.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's very telling that, you know, you only, you kind of understand the value of something when you kind of lose it. So the yeah. great example of that. And when it comes to your connection with your Guru Meher in the sense, like you started out when you were kind of a beginner and now you're advanced. And so how has your relationship with your Guruji developed over the years or evolved over the years as you've gotten, you've kind of, you know, learned Kathak more and more.
1: Um, I think, and I, I say this a lot, I think with the, the relationship that I have with her, I think mm-hmm. she has a lot of more memories than I have. Right. Because I was a child back then. So,
0: mm-hmm. Uh
1: and over years, it has kind of turned into friendship. Mm-hmm. When I'm uh, in the class, she's always correcting me. Right. But uh, there are a lot of secrets that we share. And uh, you know, sense. you get chatty with your guru. And mm-hmm. it's a very comfortable place that I'm in right now with her,
2: mm-hmm. where I can
1: discuss things with her. And that I think should happen between the student and the teacher. Right. Because um, if you're taking kathak or any dance style as an art form, Mm-hmm. After a certain point, you will have questions. Right. And um, even in the intricacies of how choreography is formed and everything. And these are not just technical questions on a particular mudra or a particular um, step. Okay. Like conceptual questions. Hmm.
2: In order
1: to have that um, get answered, you need to have the bond with your guru. Where you can be comfortable enough to ask them
2: such mm-hmm. questions.
1: So, yes, over yours, we have. I've come up, come in this really amazing place with her, and I mm.
2: think
1: it's not always questioning uh, things. It's just discussing things.
2: It's mm. just important,
1: and for an artist, especially, and I think artists are also curious people. They have millions of questions going on mm. in their heads, and especially when it comes to classical arts, because it has existed for so long,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that it has developed its kind of pace. Hmm. And now you are this new generation kid with new thoughts, you are kind of understanding that aspect, mm-hmm. uh, Aspect. you're understanding what your brain tells you good to have a comfortable place
0: Good to have a comfortable place. That's a great way of wrapping that up my head. And uh, just to go on this a little deeper, in the sense, you know, I'm a beginner student. So the questions I have is like, where does my hand go or and all that stuff, or is it in the right corner and things like that. Right. But now for you, I wanted to know, like, Meher, in your stage in where you are in Kathak, what are you learning right now, and what kind of concepts and things are you discussing with your Guruji, like in, where, in your current stage in Kathak? Just very curious about that. So, well, uh, for very long, we've been
1: working on a Durga paran mm-hmm. um, yes and now when i was i think 11 or 12 we all that time also we did durga parans but mm. that level and now what we have completely different First. the choreography for us also the, the choreography that she makes is mm. also very um, has a lot of uh, mythological aspects to it okay. and
2: um,
1: the expressions uh, are at least what they expect from us is mature expressions. Mm. And it's not always a child who's smiling. Uh, it's a child who's emoting expression. I
2: you see. Know?
1: You're no, no longer just uh, a kid who's standing on stage and smiling and performing for mm. a heart or an uthan or a tumbi. You right. have to express more than that. So those are the things uh, that we discuss now. I feel like uh, this time when i came from the lockdown i came here. Uh, i kind of realized that Mama started considering me as an adult as well so her hmm. her uh, choreographies were different for, for me okay that has changed yeah
2: hmm.
1: and i think if you're a beginner who is also an adult i think that's also a different thing when i was a beginner i was so small
0: mm-hmm.
1: half of the things i would not even understand right <laughs> or Wait, were what? not uh, yeah,
0: sorry. And I was saying you kind of just, you might not have understood it, but you, your body just kind of absorbed it into your system, right?
2: Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
0: Okay. And since you're talking about that and you're performing at a college level now, and uh, I wanted to, I'm very curious about like pre-college when you were kind of, when you were performing in during your school life, or what was that like? Do you have any stories to share from your performances from there? Or your most memorable performances uh- from that era, I guess.
1: Cool performances were, uh, because I, Nupur Ma'am was there, and mm-hmm. Nupur Ma'am a Kathak dancer herself. Mm-hmm. And not just a Kathak dancer, she's the daughter of one of the best Kathak dancers in the world. Right. So, so uh, no because Nupur Ma'am was there, and uh, then I had started training with Reena Ma'am, and this is the same Karana, temple mm-hmm. gharana. So, right. not just the same Karana, almost a similar style in the hmm. same Karana as well. Okay. So very close. So, um, Nukramam would put me up for good, good choreographies and had invested good time in mm. my dance performances.
2: Mm.
1: That was really good. And other than that, um, there were times I also did Darba and, uh, you know, the folk dance styles that you do mm. for a particular uh, assembly performance or something. But mm. for competitions, um, you know, uh, I would say Nupanam really uh, helped me a lot. There okay. were concepts that we would work on. Yeah. i remember there was this one competition that happened in D- DPS ulanpur shah okay. i'm not wrong and um, in that that was a that was a competition where one had to be uh, one had to be singing uh, That was live singing and then enacting that
2: mm. so
1: i played urmila lakshman ji's wife and I that was based on the on the uh, on the lines of that uh, urmila is actually missing Lakshmanji so much that mm-hmm. uh, it was her grief and her memories. of mm. that. that is something I got to do because Nupur Ma'am was Nupur Ma'am and because I was training with uh, Lina Ma'am. Mm. Yeah.
2: Okay.
0: yeah, thanks for sharing that. Um uh, kind of helps understand what you were working on then and working on now. And the next thing I wanted to touch upon is, say, Tal Vidya. So I'm like a beginner student there, and you've been doing it for a while. So yeah, what's uh, how did you start? I mean, what, what, how has it been learning Tal Vidya from Parintipayang Vakilji? It's
1: been really rewarding, uh, I hmm. would say. Okay. I mean, and I think it happened at a very cur- particular and a very correct time. I see. Tal Vidya for me happened at a very correct time. I was, no, uh, I was not very... You know, I'm just 21 years old. so,
2: right.
1: And I I have learned Kathak for a while so I can uh, grasp things. Mm. Um, I joined for two of his workshops. In The first workshop was so intimidated and overwhelmed with uh, whatever is happening because Guruji, when Guruji does his padhan, it's like magic happening. You, you, you want to just listen and listen. But mm. then he tells you to do it yourself and you're like, okay, how do I do this with this speed and this energy? <laughs> I mean, right. what I've heard right now, just a second before, is something so magnificent. And mm. now I'm, I'm like doing so basic and making mistakes in that. So that was there. And I messaged Guruji after that. I emailed um, in their uh, email idea, I emailed there that I want to learn Tal Vidya. It, it's possible. There that is this my video. This is my resume. Oh, wow. It's possible yeah. to enroll me. And uh, they, then they sent me the, the Guruji's number that I already had, but I was so afraid of just texting him directly. I, uh, I WhatsApped him that, um, Guruji, I want to learn. And if it's possible, please allow me to be your student.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And this is around 9.50 in the morning. And for the 10 a.m. Wednesday class, he just sent me the Zoom link as he said, join. I was like, okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> and this, the, all the students, they were very senior i mm. very well experienced and people I really admire who have great knowledge in Katha. Mm. So uh, that was also a little difficult for me because mm. uh, I was kind of the youngest in the batch and um, youngest in the batch who had recently gone through uh, college life where she was not entirely in touch with a guru for long.
2: Mm.
1: So, but even though I was practicing, it was not to the extent that it's supposed to be, right? But Guruji is very encouraging. Hmm. I, I mean, I have made mistakes and at the end he has told me, Koi baat ne, just do it again. And, and I've again made the mistake and then promised him I would practice. And I, I've also said, there are a lot of times that I've sent him uh, voice recordings of what he teaches in class. Mm-hmm. So he says uh, that uh, you, you should send your lesson. So I practice that and then send him the voice recordings of the padhans. Hmm he has never been angry or irritated or ran out of patience I think with I don't think he has ever done that not just for me i think with everybody he has mm-hmm. never done that He's so so calm and so positive when i met him in, he came to Delhi i think mm-hmm. around a month and a half back or two months back maybe he came here and um my parents also met him I mean, even my mom said that there's something so positive about just him, his aura, that you want to talk to him. And in your head, you have already decided that he's a very good person. He, if you meet him in person, you will feel the energy. It's brilliant. And then he's very positive. And I mean, I mean uh, obviously, I have started saying that if I want to become, if there's a role model in... Uh, in the way I should be carrying myself, I think it's Guruji, so calm and confident and peaceful, so positive that it makes you get positive.
0: Yeah, um, that is pretty relatable. I think um, Guruji always says to carry a rhythm in your head and play a song in your head. So I think a couple of days ago, I was at the coffee break in my in my in my office, and I was just playing a beat on the table for some reason um and somebody asked me what song is that i'm like i just made that up i'm just playing whatever Uh, so there was that and yeah the guruji's apparently i I just heard that he's planning to come back to the u.s soon so hopefully i'll get to meet him as well so looking forward to that and uh, yeah so uh meher i guess um you mentioned that you felt intimidated because a lot of dancers were senior so what uh, what uh what did you do or what, what kind of practices and like mindset Strategies did you uh, evolve? Did you adopt to get over that and kind of use that to your benefit?
1: I think the primary one was um, so I used to do this thing that uh, in the Zoom session, right?
0: Mm-hmm. I yeah. would
1: pin him. I would focus only on him. Yeah. Only I want to see only in only his face. Okay, I do. Uh, yeah. because he yeah he gives such positive energy and encourages you so much that mm-hmm. even you want to kind of do better than. Right, he's always so full of belief that no, you will do it fine, just you just have to practice a little more and then you'll get Mm -hmm. it. It's not very difficult, that's Mm -hmm. the way he teaches you, makes things approachable, right? Uh, And the other thing was, um, I also we have this division sessions, um, that Mm. is on every Monday, we have a division where all of the students are only discussing and revising whatever he has taught.
2: Okay, okay.
1: So Yeah, so um, for example, uh, there's Shruti D in our class, Shruti Paathi Di. Mm. She's also a cutter dance, obviously. And um, oh. she kind of, her voice is also very soothing when she's doing padhan mm. so I would take her help and uh, there were other seniors in my class, I would take their help. And practice, obviously, I would practice myself a lot mm. uh, before the next class, so that if he asks, I can just
2: you know, at least do the
0: parhan fine. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah, thanks for explaining that. Like, uh, it's, I guess, you, you said it's a combination of practicing on your own, pinning him, if, if, keeping the focus on that, and getting help when you need yeah. it. And, keeping uh, calm also. I think you
1: hmm. have to be calm. Mm-hmm.
0: That's true. And uh, Meher, I guess one thing I want to discuss here is like, I've noticed that. These days you've been like uh you yeah, I mean every every now and then I see a reel and it's very interesting to see kind of what you're performing there. So what has your been your experience kind of doing kathak on reels? It's kind of it's kind of relatively newer for you, but it looks like you're enjoying the process as well. Uh, so what's it been like for you?
1: Um okay, so um technically it's nothing more. You it's like making a video only hmm. I'm just posting it on the reel. That's right. The same thing that you do. Right. Uh, but what I've ex- just if you pick up um, the uh, the padhans uh, or the technical shud katak uh, that you are doing, mm-hmm. does not get as much reach,
0: right.
1: uh, and that's I think the algorithm. Mm-hmm. But it gets a lot of saves, so uh, over mm-hmm. time it will get uh, views because oh, it's uh-huh. padhans. And I I genuinely believe there are a lot of people who want to learn kathak and want to learn mm-hmm. pure kathak mm-hmm. and get to know that that side. Right. Um, so uh, I have noticed is that a lot of saves come on uh, on the Padhant or the shutkata wheels around there is one that has around 110 saves.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: that's kind of and I have how many followers I have like five hundred six hundred followers I have. Mm-hmm. So that's a big deal for that. But yeah. the songs that are trending, um the algorithm kind of picks them up. Uh, for example, if you are doing um some bollywood song or if you're doing uh, a song from bandish Bandits, i mm-hmm. say so because it's it's uh, already in the algorithm it kind, kind of gets a, a lot more reach mm. than the other one yeah, that that's it that's pretty simple but uh, and uh, the good thing is that now it has a 60 minute 60 second uh, reel also okay 60 second reel is uh, similar to the normal post that you make mm that's good. And the deals have
0: a lot more reach than uh,
1: normal
0: posts or True, yeah. IGTVs as well. Hmm. That's good. Yeah, I think I've always been confused about the 30, 60 second thing. I have to try that again. Um, but the next thing I want to ask you is, you no. Know, first of all, I think you did a great job of explaining who, what you're doing there and why you're doing it and what works and what doesn't. I do want to acknowledge that. I really like what you said there and uh, i think one thing we wanted to discuss is like say i have in my notes here diversity in gender or the way we express gender in kathak so what what do you feel about that how how is it being done or what can be done differently or what would you like to do
1: um actually you know two days back i was listening to Barkha podcast on kathak ka okay telling about some um I don't remember the name of her project, but it was based on the transgender community. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was ex- uh, just sharing her ideas. Um, <clears throat> and that, that I felt on very similar lines over there. What I feel is that uh, there are times when I just feel that even uh, with uh, if I'm representing a, a female, I would mm-hmm. say, I'm not really being very honest and correct with it. I right. would show that uh, she's wearing a jewelry or she's... Uh, Doing her hair and she mm. she's uh, applying makeup, right. And I don't do all of that a mm. lot of on a lot of days. Okay. So am I being honest with it, or am I choosing to those steps just because I've learned those steps and
2: mm. I don't have
1: any new ideas? Okay. It yeah? is something I question myself a lot. Mm. And if I have to show a man, uh, so my shoulders will automatically automatically get broadened, and the mm. woman will be soft. Okay. And if it's a man, uh it's mostly broad shoulders, and then I'll probably show that he's wearing a puggery. Mm. But there are other ways as well. And who defines that a man is um, wearing a pugri or not? Or every time I have to show a man it has uh, the the character needs to have broad shoulders. Who said yeah. that?
2: Okay.
1: Why am I always doing this? This mm. is a very common question that I ask myself not just with genders also sometimes when i'm i have to show nature i just make a tree and pluck flowers and i am just like why am i doing this i don't do this myself even telling people that plucking flowers is a bad thing yeah Yeah. so the the basic uh reason is that this is what i have been fed and i do not have new ideas that's why i'm describing a woman in this aspect only You have to quickly show a woman in two or three seconds, I'll just make a braid. So I don't think genders get represented very correctly. Although also um, are all genders being represented? Uh, I might be, uh, uh, I might not have a lot of knowledge on this, but (laughs) to me in the general segment, I feel no. I feel that people, um, when I say people, I include myself, you should, Mm -hmm have a little more um broad approach to it and I think that will change because uh, I was listening, literally I had no idea that Barkhadi would talk about this mm. and I was like oh my god see that there are people who are uh, working on such projects so mm. things are happening it's not all bad so things are happening there are educated artists and dancers so I think with time there, there are things that are going to improve
0: for sure there is um on that note um I'm plan- this is something I'm planning in December but there is a there's artist called yeah there's a there's called Sagar Kamat I'll send you the link but he's also yeah. he his main thing is a painter so when you see his paintings you'll see how he does gender expressions and kind of subverts that I think you like that stuff so I'll send you that afterwards um, and well yeah. so looking at uh, my topic list here we've kind of covered everything so that come brings me to my last question Mahesh. So looking towards the future, you know, as you kind of have like a bachelor's in engineering and you kind of plan out your career in dance as well, uh, what does the future look like for you in terms of taking Kathak forward? At uh, To what extent do you want to do it professionally and where do you see it going? I would love to know about your future plans.
1: Um, okay, so I feel that if you're a Kathak dancer uh, today, there are a lot of ways of surviving on being a Kathak dancer. Mm. Uh, you can be a teacher or, or, or you... Oh, well, with teacher then you need to know the art form really well and you need to have certain degrees as well. Yeah. Uh, if you're being a, an authentic and proper Kathak dancer.
2: True, right? So,
1: Kathak teacher. So, you can be a Kathak teacher with Instagram and all these digital platforms. There's a lot of uh, place for expressions. Although a lot of people feel that um, uh, with digital platforms, platforms um you don't want to show everything to them i mean you just don't want to produce art for free that's fair that's fair that's there. yeah but brand collaborations are there um marketing is uh, something that is really changing the game i feel mm-hmm. i mean who thought that web series would have uh, brands giving them sponsorships
2: and, all that? okay. and that's
1: happening so if it's happening for um films and web series i'm sure it can happen for dance as well hmm. And with time, I feel, uh, and that's why I want to study arts and cultural management as well. Mm.
2: Because
1: that will help me in uh, getting to know how uh, things are working all around the world. Mm. I I started interning with Indian Raga. um, And Indian Raga is a company I've always admired. I mean, it's a company. It's not um, an NGO or a non-profit organization. It's a company. Mm. And. That is how it should be. I mean, if you're talking about an industry, right? Industries where finances exist, where mm. there, is a, there is an exchange of business that's
2: happening. Mm-hmm. So
1: the creative industries and creative econo- economy, all, all I think they exist. Um, but, and they are kind of growing at great speed uh, in India as well. There's so many art managers that I know, uh, based in Bangalore, Mumbai, who are... Uh, you know, taking art as um, something professional and something mm. you can have an earning
0: with. Amazing.
1: That is going. Yeah. And with um, art, the more and more art companies coming up, not just dance companies, but theater companies and art, mm-hmm. visual art companies, more and more art companies coming up, there's going to be a lot of space where you would need people who have uh, an understanding of the business and where there's also a need for somebody who has a background in art. Mm-hmm. dancing or music
2: hmm.
1: that's how Indian Raga is I mean Indian Raga is a company I really admire so that's why I'm probably taking its name again and again
0: absolutely um, yeah. I think uh, yeah thanks for explaining where you're going with this and where you see the future of dance going in India as well and yeah with that I'd like to bring this episode. which I feel you want to say something
1: no, I was just thinking that uh, a lot of things can be with uh, law and tech as well. Uh, Tell me I mean, about that. Uh, uh, so, um, I don't know about law, so I'll speak about that later. But with okay. tech, uh, especially I can say because I'm, I'm doing uh, ECE and I have a specialization in biomedical. Hmm. I see a lot of uh, papers and research papers uh, where the uh, it's based on dancers and their a relation of dance because it's at the end of the day it's body movement with yes. biomechanics. Mm-hmm. And then there's dance science, there's dance technology. Mm-hmm. So many new things are actually happening. I mm-hmm.
2: think
1: really every um field is just merging. I have a um there's this tal with the um uh so the person who handles the email emails of tal with the talim school Pallavi ji she is also a bi- yeah. She's also a a biomedical engineer. Okay. She's also working on something that's related to music and um, sciences. Hmm. Because um, we came on on to discussing things and that's how I got to know that.
2: That's amazing.
1: Holistic approach, things are really moving forward. And with law, I think... um, I did a course on music, music business foundations. Uh, that was a Coursera course. And that taught me that there's so many copyrights and so many things that I did not know about and probably lawyers too that are in the entertainment segment.
2: Mm.
1: Arts and entertainment kind of move simultaneously. So, hmm, I don't do. think uh, if you want to, you know, really look at it, the creative sector has a lot of things going on right now. Mm-hmm. The time I think for
0: India, it's just going to grow, hmm. yeah, for sure. I think when you talk about biology and dance, I think of a, I think of Metli Patel, she has a degree in biology. Then, yes, two of my guests, like Dr. Pallavi chakravarti and Dr. Sarah Marelli both are ex- established kathakas and they have and they yeah. they, they also did Anso I messed up the name of Pallavi, she was, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Her uh, her podcast podcast is the one I love the most.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean
1: the best, I feel the way she talked and explained things was amazing.
0: Anthropology. Now I got it. Yes, that's yeah. what I was looking for. <laughs> they both have degrees in anthropology. So uh so that's the thing I was going for. And uh yeah. So with that, where I yeah, I wanted to bring this episode to a close. Thank you for yeah, sharing where, where or, you know, where you're going with it, experiences dancing in college in school, your relationship with Guruji, Yeah, it was great okay, talking to you about everything.
1: Yeah, it was actually great too. I mean, Katak uh, I've been listening to since a very long time. I texted you the first time. It was like, yeah. amazing. And you bring uh, Katak dancers from a lot of different thoughts, uh, who come from different thoughts and different areas in the world. So that's amazing. Thank you.